It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast, the podcast that takes you on adventures into the wild for encounters with our amazing wildlife, meetings with interesting rural folk and a very welcome blast of fresh air. In this podcast, or podcast as we now know it, we're up at sunrise in deepest Dorset with nature writer and angler Kevin Parr. Kevin leads us through the astonishing dawn chorus in his home village before climbing a local hill for skylarks and glorious views of the Jurassic Coast. And he finishes with an enviably thrilling wildlife encounter in his own garden. It's just the sort of lovely, gentle adventure we all need at the moment. Good morning. My name's... Kevin Parr. It's just gone half past six. On an April morning, we've had a touch of frost overnight. And I, like everyone, am on lockdown. And taking a daily walk for exercise. And today I'm going early. I, do, I normally walk in the afternoon, but I'm going off at dawn or just after sunrise. And uh, I thought I'd invite you along. As you can hear, it's quite deafening this morning. I'm just underneath my, my favourite blackbird. 
He was in our garden, but it's been turfed out. I'm about 50 yards from our garden. And I'm just hoping, he, he sings happy birthday, this blackbird. I'm hoping he does it. Of course, he won't do it now I'm asking. Come on. <laughs> a watched kettle. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I live in West Dorset, in the hills. And at a time like this, we're myself and my wife very lucky to live in such a place because on our doorstep we have access to space the uh, so wren just jumped up beside me my walk I've left the garden I'm dropping down the first part is, is a bridleway which um, cuts through the little estate we live on. We, we, not our estate, we rent a little cottage and there's a couple of lakes here at the top in the valley. I'm just gonna walk past ahead of them. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna avoid the lakes and normally water is where I feel most at home. But today I'm going up the hill. I'm following the bride away. I'm gonna walk around and it's a nice circular walk, which is a good hour. Um, and I should hopefully, I've just, oh, a couple of tufted ducks have been watching me on the top lake and uh, they decided I'm not, I'm not for arguing with. But as you, yeah, as you can hear, it's, it's a lovely door. Nothing too extraordinary singing this blackbird song thrushes, the wren, a couple of wrens pheasant. but very, very lovely. So I'll take you with me um, up the hill. We're gonna hopefully take in sea views, decent high ground. Another reason I'm going early to avoid the wind because it can get a bit blowy. I'll pause here for a moment. beside the agitated moorhen. There's a song thrush in lovely big old ash tree. Such a lovely sound. He's, he's got stage fright now. As I'm looking at him, and I shall push, push past him, past the blackthorn, which is looking good in blossom and leaf.
and up out of the village. It's a bit slippy underfoot. Not good when you're constantly looking up and out and around <laughs> as I do. All the celandines are fast asleep. They are my favourite flower. As with Wordsworth, I think it's more the symbolism of them that they arrive in in late winter and like little bright reminders of the sun to come. Well, that's the, the toughest bit of my walk done. The short, sharp burst up the ridge opposite our cottage. I like to get my head down and actually push myself a bit there just to get my heart beating a bit and then reward myself. There's a couple of nice big fence posts at the top. You can just lean against them and take a moment, which is what I'm doing. It's lovely. The, um, the sound, we, we live in a, in a little hamlet, which is a cul-de-sac. And you can probably still hear that certainly the song thrush singing. There's a lovely pocket of, of, of mixed woodland. We've got the lakes that are below our houses, uh, down, dropping down into the valley, which is the Wind Valley. And eventually that meets up with the Froome, River Froome at Maiden Newton. And I can just hear, there's just this intense sound of, of the songbirds down in, within the trees. And meanwhile, to the left, there's a, a conifer plantation. And you can possibly hear the wood pigeons cooing. And I can see them just as the sun, the sun's just coming across the top of those trees. And I can see the, the pigeons all sitting in the tops. And they've gone quiet now, as if the sun's just, just made them think. They're piping up again. But this landscape is, it, it's looking a bit bleak at the moment because the um, several of the fields have been ploughed and harrowed, so they're looking a bit sparse. But equally, because of the way it's sort of manicured, we have these lovely ridges like the one I've just walked up, which can't be used for anything intensive. It's, it's, it's occasionally grazed sheep and occasionally Charolais cattle. Um, but otherwise it's just left to be and it's precious habitat. And the reason I've come this way, and you might just better hear this one. I can see the skylark singing. And another, they've reacted beautifully to the, to the sun. And I'll be walking along a stretch of the, the old Roman road and hopefully along there you should hear a good few skylarks. And I'm hoping as I get to the far corner, I should be able to pick up a corn bunting or two. I'm looking across, looking west, um, and where the sun's just, the sun's sort of now halfway across the 
landscape as I look. And it's just lit up a sort of ridge opposite where there's deer and, so, and it's amazing. I hadn't noticed them as I'd walked up, but I'm just gonna put my binoculars on. So there's quite a few. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I can see. There's seven in sight. But amazing how suddenly they, they, they shine in the sun. Hopefully that's coming through loud and relatively clear. There's plenty of skylarks about up here. There's also a van coming. This one was rather nice. I watched it lift off and I followed it right the way up. And there, normally we hear skylarks. You can't pick them out because they throw the song so wide and far that you can't pinpoint it very easily and they're just a speck. And I've watched this go up and I can see it, I'm watching it now and it's, it is, it's a, just a little tiny dot but If I was just to pony into the sound, I wouldn't look where I'm looking. I'd be looking <laughs> a long way away. Now it's off. It's interesting. What a sound. A Dunnock's joining in. It is chilly. But, uh, aside from a bit of distant traffic on the main road, it's blissfully quiet. Skylock song's got to be up there with probably a top 10, but Woodlark, I just, I think it has that extra something. It's that little descent that's quite melancholic. I was quite jealous listening to Fergus's podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, I normally go and get 
a woodlark fix one of the Dorset heaths and I haven't didn't make it earlier in the year and now I won't so I'm gonna miss out this year not a bad consolation though Corn bunting's just uh, dropped in on top of the hedge in front of me. Wondering how close he'll let me get to him. about. Give us one more. Thank you. The linnets has been joined by quite a few linnets that's really sparked him off. with him. It's all about 30 feet away, it's quite nice. Well, I'm hoping that you can hear me okay above the breeze which is stiff up here. got a corn bunting you can probably hear and a yellow hammer and a linnet all within 20 feet of one another. Yellow hammer's just doing that single. Oh he's flown. Ooh, just behind me. And if I look southeast I can see Hardy's monument. Uh, which is a not a monument as many think to Thomas Hardy, who's one of Dorset's famous sons, but another one, Admiral Hardy, who uh, was Nelson's great chum. That's a good spot for night jars. There's a little bit of sort of heath and uh, and forestation there kind of a plantations and there's normally sort of four or five maybe half a dozen night jars there each summer that's the closest to home I can go and guarantee to get a bit of cheering and sweeping to the right and even though I can't I can sort of see it behind the headland I can just about make out golden cap 
which uh, is the highest point along the whole of the south coast. And looks out across Lime Bay. It's a lovely bit of coastline. The bit immediately closest to us is part of Chesil Beach, which is 18 miles or so. Um, and all part of the Jurassic Coast, which is obviously world renowned. A skylark coming up behind me. They're not quite so familiar at this end of the road. Another cyclist. But it's a great spot. It's a real grounding moment to just stand here. Give it a few minutes. Girl just drifting about. I was hoping if the, the weather had been a bit better, it would have been good for a raptor or three, a couple of buzzards that, that I've, uh, saw but they were one of the local pairs that I would expect to see but nothing's moving there's peregrines that traditionally nest locally I don't they, there was a, a female she was a huge bird actually that was a pylon nester we'd see quite a lot of for the first sort of five years and then I think she must have She must have died, and uh, but the last couple of years we've seen uh, getting more sightings going. We get a lot of wanderers because there's plenty on the coast, and um, it's good country for them. But we've, I think, we've got our local pair again, and the pylons that march through this landscape. That when we moved here, I was a little bit um, off put by. I thought they were a bit garish and now I see them in a different light. I'm quite fond of them. I think they link, they make a lovely link to east to west and the same, it's on the supergrid and if the place where I go to look at look for woodlarks, they march through that little bit of heathland and then if I, if we go down to see my sister or her family and further west and, and my wife's side will pick up pick up the same march of pylons as we go so they're sort of almost like a familiar friend and they play home to peregrines and and uh, ravens so not all bad corn buntings are doing me proud i hope they're coming through on down the hill and make my way. Well, normally at this point on the circuit I'd uh, I'd be relishing the warmth or the shelter rather. So just drop off the the top, and which is about 800 feet, and uh, 
and then get out the wind, but with the wind direction, it's still getting me. But the sun's now just high enough. It's just creeping over the top of the hedge behind me. It's rather nice. I'm just listening. Chaffinch and a green finch and a yellow hammer. He doesn't want to get going, but it's like that. Vulgar. Yeah. Is it Gilbert White who described his song as vulgar? I, I can't remember now. I have to check. I might have just embarrassed myself. But here's, I'm looking, looking north uh, towards Rampersham Down, where there, well, not, well, a few years ago, there were 30 odd miles still. It's where long wave radio was transmitted in the World Service for many years, I believe. I think it was a listening post as well in uh, decades long gone when such things were, were rather important for national security. But it's a nice roll. I can see maybe seven or eight miles that way. If I look northeast, I can see a lot further. I can certainly see the hills. I'd imagine that Cern Abbas Way and then even further than that. There's a cyclist on there. Morning exercise. Steep hills for cyclists, they love it. Crazy. And it's interesting, the geology of, of this part of Dorset which has obviously made the coast particularly famous. But it does make for some incredible habitat. Morning. Morning. I'd ridden up that hill, I wouldn't be able to speak. I wouldn't be able to breathe. I mean, it's quite cheery. And yeah, the field in front of me is classic, uh, flinty, more flint than soil. Um, and yet across the way, it's clay. You've got green sand, you've got various substrates that has just sort of melded into one. And Rampersham, in fact, uh, is particularly unusual. It's a chalk escarpment that's topped with green sand. And it means you've got sort of alkali and acidic loving plants standing next to each other. And it's most peculiar there's some lakes that I fish over that way that are sort of dug into 
part clay, part chalk, and it's chalk stream fed. Um, and then the little river at the bottom that these springs feed, that isn't a chalk stream. It's very odd and, and quite unique. So all the uh, attributes that you'd expect in a chalk stream. You have the water quality, but a different substrate for the actual stream bed, which is quite strange. It's quite pleasant here though, the breeze, although it's still chilly, it's not nearly so stiff. Thinking of the kettle. That's gonna be nice. I can't decide on tea or coffee at the moment. I'm almost back full circle. I'm at the bottom of the lake where I began. And it's, it's interesting, so it's coming back down the hill. Got buzzed by a swallow, which is nice. And the sound of the song, bird song down here in the village, and I, I say village, it's barely a hamlet, it's half a dozen houses. Um, it, it got louder and louder, and it, it's such a tight pocket of sound, and so different to the sound that I'd been hearing on top of the hill, on top of the ridge, which doesn't roar as such. But the sound of those corn buntings and the linnets, the farmland species, the nasally yellow hammers, it's different to this, the rich fluty sound of blackbirds especially. And the coo of the wood pigeons that here just sort of adds a warmth to the sound, it adds a slight starkness when the atmosphere is a bit different and the wind's got that bite. There's a carp bubbling. I'm getting distracted by the lake. I'll walk on round. I, I had this lovely idea that I'd come back here and I'd find a willow warbler singing, but chiff chaff's in good voice. But no willow warbler. But there's one more spot I have to pause, which is normally where I stop on the way out for a walk, but because I left so early, it would have been pointless. And it's probably pointless now, to be honest, but I shall... I shall check quickly for reptiles. Get my daily fix of cold blood. It's just coming up to nine o'clock and I'm almost back at the garden. The happy birthday blackbirds back in earshot. Farmers just uh, 
Looks like he's about to start drilling. And I'm just going to check. It's a bit early still. I'm not sure there'll be anything under here. Um, but we're lucky to have reptiles on our doorstep and they're starting to show now. So we've got a tin, just a couple of tins that are down. I'm going to lift a tin and there's a bit of warmth on it actually. A little bit. There might be something under here. Let's have a look. Hopefully you can hear me over the noise of the tractor. Oh yeah. There's a grass snake looking fantastic. Gosh. He's slow to slip away. He's also quite liking the sun on him. Black tongue flicking, slowly going off to the left. And there's at least half a dozen slow worms. He's really torn, this grass snake, because the sun is so pleasant. <laughs> but he's also seeing this great big thing looking at him. And now he's coming towards me. <laughs> he's come within a foot of me now. And back he goes. He's decided um, he doesn't like me. After all, I'm going to drop the microphone and just put this back down. I don't want to squash anyone. Always good to finish a walk with a reptile. Or, well, several with all the slow worms. Just watching another one now. Just working through the grass. There's about, I normally get a dozen or so at any one time that head back to the, a huge compost heap. That's behind us. And so far I've seen three, all similar size, about, you know, 18 inches. Probably males who are um, less inclined to sleep as long as the, the females. And that's me walked. I'm back home. Kettle's on. I'm still not sure whether to have tea or coffee, but a whole day ahead of me, which is an interesting feeling, because I normally have an afternoon walk to look forward to, but um done it slightly differently this morning. It's a shame the uh, wind was quite so stiff and lightly upsetted the recording a bit. Hopefully you've enjoyed, well I've, I've loved sharing this little corner of Dorset with you. Um, I feel very lucky and especially at a time like this to have so much on the doorstep and within an easy stroll from you know the skylarks and deer to the grass snakes and slow worms and everything in between. And you certainly appreciate it all the more when it's all you've got access to. But I know that I am much more fortunate than most in having the access. And I, I don't take it for granted. It's, um, it's a tough time. I'm lucky to have it.
and I echo that entirely. The countryside is such a generous friend at times like these, and if you can't escape there yourself at the moment, I hope these podcast adventures offer a welcome lifeline to the wild outdoors. A big thank you to Kevin for that. And Kevin, I promise you a trip next spring to hear woodlarks. And you can find all the wonders of the countryside at our website, countryfile.com. It's a brilliant resource for country crafts, recipes, stories and adventures, and particularly useful during the lockdown when many of us can't escape to the countryside as we'd like. And please do contact me, editor of the magazine Fergus Collins. You can find me on email at the following address, editor at countryfile.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. This podcast was produced in Bristol by Jack Pateman. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye now.